Welcome to the Masterclass of One with Zig Ziglar Master Coach David Creel. It's called the Masterclass of One because it's about the person David is speaking to, but you can listen and act like David is asking you the questions. Then go and apply them and change your life. If you want to create impact in the lives of others, increase your personal income, and be a more productive and efficient human being, you're in the right place. We're glad you're here. Hello again, David Creel, world's best double eagle coach with session one of Transformation Project. So today we're going to talk about agreements versus expectations. It's kind of the uh, kind of the foundation because if you think about it, almost always whenever someone or you are disappointed in someone, it's because you have an expectation of them and they have a different expectation for you. Um, so again, there's, there's two, there's two choices. You can make agreements or you can have expectations. Expectations, toxic, stressful, anxiety, uh, leads to anxiety. It can lead to a sense of betrayal if the offense is strong enough, sets you up for disappointment. They're fear-based, they're reactive, and they're basically cowardly because it only puts the, the burden on uh, other people instead of uh, on yourself. You know, it's taking pers- personal responsibility for your actions. Um, let's see. If you take... If you have expectations, it can always be someone else's fault and not your own fault because I expected them to do X, Y, Z and they didn't do it. So why didn't you make sure X, Y, Z was done if it was that important to you? Um, They ruin relationships at home, at work. There's a lot of examples at work. Uh, Leaders have expectations of their people. Uh, you know, certain quotas to meet, sales quotas or uh, call quotas or whatever, um, quality standards, levels of job performance. Um, in, a, in a previous life, I had a two-month stint selling cars, um, which I found out I was actually pretty good, but some of the people I dealt with just had absolutely no clue about how finances worked. And like, we wouldn't find out, for example, one guy came in, he rolled up in a, um, some luxury car. I don't remember what it was, an Escalade or a real nice BMW or something. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So he was looking at a $40,000 used truck. Okay. No problem. So he says in the parking lot, while before we go inside, he says, um, yeah, I'm looking to get this truck and I have this car. My wife has a car. I said, okay, are you going to be trading one of these in or are you going to, um, just buy an extra car? And he says, no, we're just going to keep it. We're just going to keep what we have and buy another car. So I'm thinking, okay, he probably works at one of the plants. He makes, you know, 150, $200,000 a year. It's no problem. His wife makes 50 or 60 grand. Okay, it's no problem. Well, we get in there. He neglected to mention in the parking lot that he had his car. She had her car. He had a toy car. She had a toy car. And they were also uh, paying for her dad's car, too. On a budget, he was making 80 grand a year. And he wanted to buy a $40,000 car on top of the 250000 he already had in cars. So all that to say, he had an expectation that he could just walk in and get a car, no problem. And we had a different, uh, we made a different agreement where, okay, one or three of your other cars can go and you can get this other truck. But I, I think he had... Um, he had an expectation that he would just be able to walk in 80 grand. I mean, he had $2,500 worth of car payments. 
And he was bringing home like $3,500 a month. I was like, how are y'all eating? But that's a different story. But at that job, we had, there was an expectation because it wasn't agreement because I didn't have a say in the matter. The expectation was you called, we had to call, um, I don't remember what, I think it was 30 people a day and make contact with 30 people a day. And this, um, so I didn't really like that uh, because I didn't want to call 30 people a day, but that's a different story. So that's one example of expectations that your boss or your company has for you. Um, You know, whenever you hear expectations, workers try to live up to them. But whenever you hear the word expectation, do you get a warm, fuzzy feeling in your stomach or you're like, I really don't want to do this. You know, like you're like they're making you do it kind of against your will, you know, um, and they you rebel. You're like, no, I'm going to see if I can not do that, you know, but at home, that's where it really gets dicey because at home, you know, the people that you live with see you most uh, in your good and in your bad. And if you walk in at home and, you know, you have a certain expectation of, you know, it's, summertime and your wife's a teacher. So she wasn't doing anything all day except watching the kids or that's what we think. And then we walked in and we expect the house to be spotless and dinner cooked. And, you know, she was just putting out fires all day and the kids weren't acting, uh, uh, weren't behaving. And, you know, dog goes inside the house and he barks all the time. And, you know, if you have an expectation of that happening, whenever you walk into your house, you're not going to be in a good mood under any circumstances. But if you go in with no expectations, then everything becomes a pleasant surprise. It's, oh, okay, awesome. I'm here and let's, let's see what happens, you know? And people love to keep their word, especially when they have skin in the game. Not when you've told them what you've told them what they need to do, but when you create an agreement via communication, not passive aggressive, not hinting at it, very clear, direct communication, and then get buy-in from them, you get buy-in. Okay. We have an agreement. Um, A good example is let's go back to the job for a minute. Person said, boss says, my, Uh, right-hand man knows that I expect this job done Friday at 2 p.m. Well, the right-hand man may have an expectation it's due Tuesday because he's understaffed and he doesn't have enough people. So uh, right-hand man comes up and talks to, or boss goes and talks to the right-hand man and says, Client expects this Friday. I expect this Friday. Have it to my desk at noon on Friday so that we can approve it and get it ready for the client. The right-hand man says, well, that would be great, but we're short-staffed by a couple of people. So we either need two more people or I can promise it to you on Tuesday at noon. And the boss goes, oh, I thought everything was good. And the right-hand man says, well, it was, but now we have a new expectation that I wasn't aware of, and I need, we're short-staffed. So the boss has a decision to make now at that point. The boss says, okay, what if I get you two more people? Can I have the work done Friday by 12? The guy says, no problem. If you give me two more people. You'll have it Friday at at 12 on your desk. No problem. Awesome. So the boss clarifies what they just talked about and says, okay, so when I get you two more people effective immediately, Friday at two, uh, Friday at noon, it'll be on my desk. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now everyone's on the same page. There's no uh, hidden language or beating around the bush. It's very clear. So agreements are creative. They're collaborative, they're fun, and people are more involved whenever they have a say in the matter. 
you know, now sometimes you don't, you don't get a say in the matter, you know, but when there's options, it's, it's a good thing to have agreements. Um, when you have expectations, you know, we, I expect you to be at the meeting at eight o'clock. Well, if somebody shows up at seven fifty-five and they're on time, you don't really have any feelings because that's what you expected, you know? Uh, and you're kind of neutral. You're like, what's the big deal? He shows up on time, you know? So it, it really is something that's critical. Um, you know, expectations at home or at work cause tension, stress, fighting, um, you know, could be, you know, gossip or whatever. That's never good. And at home, especially fights aren't really good. And if you have a fight at work, you might be fired or go put in jail, depending on how bad the fight is, you know? So just create an agreement. So where are you creating expectations in your life for, for, of other people that you don't even know about? So that's something that we need to, th- we need to talk about. You know, is there an area of your life where you need to create an agreement so that you're on the same page and um, there can be no, uh, what's the word? There can be no uh, misinterpretation of ambiguity. Yes, exactly. You know, so it's... um, and agreements can just be simple too. They don't have to be this big, long, drawn-out contact contract, but it needs to be simple, and it needs needs to be where both parties are in complete agreement. For example, let's say that me and Graham agreed to meet at three p.m. Central for a Zoom meeting, and Graham thought he meant. 3 p.m. Um, Scotland time or UK time or whatever the whatever the time zone is. Well, we're both not going to be very happy about that because he's four or five hours ahead of me and maybe six, depending on the time. And same with Julia. Julia's two hours behind me. So if we meet it, if I say 3 p.m. and she thinks it's 3 p.m. Pacific, we're not going to be very happy with each other. But if we have an agreement, it's 3 p.m. Central, 1 p.m. your time, we both know. Because if people don't, if especially if people that are working for you or you have an agreement, once you have an agreement, people don't like to back out of their word. But a great question would be, let's say your uh, one of your workers is... Uh, not living up to the agreement that was made. So a great question would be, okay, so little Jimmy, we had an idea that you would be on time at eight o'clock every day. For the last couple of days in a row, you've showed up at 8.03, 8.04, and then went to the restroom and got coffee and you clocked in about 8.20. Or you started working at 8.20, even though day starts at eight. So it could be, where else in your life are you not keeping your agreements? Because more than likely, this is not the first time they have not kept their agreement. You know, they may be like, for example, this is uh, this is an example uh, that just came to me. I used to I still know the guy, but he moved away whenever we would go play golf. Everyone that went play with us knew. If we teed off at nine. Tell them. Uh, we teed off at uh, 8.45 because he's going to show up. He was going to show up. If we teed off at nine on the dot, he would show up. Um, if we told him it was nine, he'd show up in the parking lot at 9.02. And he'd push everyone behind and we'd have to get behind people and the whole deal. So we intentionally started lying to him. And that's not, that's, I mean, how would you like, how would you like to have that? Oh, don't tell him, don't tell him meet at 12 or her 
because uh, he ain't going to show up till 1215. You know, so that's not really a good look. Um, you know, you don't really want to be known for someone that doesn't keep their word because what that shows is that the person that's always late doesn't value your time and doesn't value their own time. And their word is absolutely meaningless, which is why we intentionally had to lie to the person. And whenever he showed up at 850 for a nine o'clock tea time for an 845 tea time, we'd say, oh, no, probably don't start till nine anyway. That's why we just lied to you because we knew you weren't going to make it on time. So and apparently he was okay with that because it never changed. So we tried after we all mess with them a couple next couple of weeks. Hey, tee off at nine o'clock. Okay. Rolls up at eight fifty nine in the parking lot. Okay. So, okay. From now on, I, we basically said, okay, we're either going to continue to lie to you or you're going to show up on time. One of the two. He's like, I'll try to do better. Well, yeah, I know, but we've heard that for six months now. It hasn't gotten any better. So what do you want to do about it? You know, so we just made us, the people that were playing, not with him, just made the agreement. We'll just lie to him and tell him it's 15 minutes earlier so we can tee off on time, which is really a a, a, not a really great place to be. Um, So um, any thoughts about agreement versus expectation? It's very basic, but... Whenever I got this, I was like, like, I mean, like mind blown, just like, it's so simple, but how often do you put the blame on someone else for something that you could have made an agreement for and you wouldn't have this issue? So I'm open to, uh, you know, like I said, this is, this is pretty basic stuff, but there has to be areas in life where we have expectations where we don't have agreements with everyone where they would, it would benefit everyone involved if we made an agreement, you know? So um, does anybody have any questions about the agreements versus expectations? No, but I have a great example. Let's hear it. Okay, so when my kids moved from Atlanta in with me five years ago, yeah, um, I had spent months getting my house ready and getting rid of stuff in my garage, um, making space for them because my son's company had closed. So um, they came back to California. And so I spent months prepping and yard sailing and getting rid of things after my husband's passing and getting ready for them to come with my grandson, he's five at the time, um, to live with me. But I failed to effectively communicate that since my daughter-in-law would be staying home, caring for the little, that she would be responsible for housekeeping. Uh, an, assumption, <laughs> an assumption I made, and knowing that she was not domestic at all, um, has created this huge amount of tension. And so I'm working on getting ready to have that conversation and creating an agreement and creating a very minor schedule because she doesn't operate on any schedule ever at all. And if I start to get the vacuum out and vacuum, she'll get up from the video game and start helping. And so um, I figured for me to minimize my stress level and get rid of the negativity that I occasionally, 16 hours a day feel, um, that I should structure this, (laughs) you're laughing, and I should create a very... Um, minimal time frame of several days a week doing a specific time while the little's at school and then some while he's home so he can help because he's 10 now um, in order to relieve my stress level and make my house not so much look like a thrift store. So 
That's what I'm working on now in my life, creating a, a structure for her to, yeah, because her stepmom never had her clean house at all. So she was never brought into that buy-in, basically. So um, there we go. We're going to create an agreement. So what I heard you say was (laughs) you said 16 hours a day. So if you're awake and conscious, it's stressful for you. Uh, I mean, pretty much for the most part. Yeah, it's it's a constant irritant. So, yeah. So and I try to push those thoughts away because I know it's not healthy for me and it's not good for the environment and creating peace in the family. But yeah. So. So you, whenever son and daughter-in-law and baby moved in from Atlanta, you were under the impression that they would, uh, she would um, help clean the house around the house because uh, she was just, I don't want to say she was just staying at home because that's super important, but she didn't have to go to a job where she was at work all day, every day. And also that they had the same standards that I had. That was an assumption, a false assumption on my part as well. So what is the, when is this conversation going to happen? Hopefully. I anticipate within the next three days. Okay, cool. And how is that going to, how are you going to approach it? Um, I will ask for her help because that usually when I ask her to do something like go out and clean the backyard because we have dogs, um, she gets on it right away and gets, you know, goes right out there and does it. Um, but because she has no schedule, it's, you know, it's not on a schedule to be done routinely. And so um, I feel like I have to be hall monitor basically, but I'm going to ask for her help and let her know that um, there's some areas of the house that, that we should keep track of a little better with having a kid in school. As you know, they bring home lots of paperwork and lots of crafts and lots of stuff that has to be um, managed, you know, kept for the appropriate time and disposed of in a more appropriate time. So um, plus, you know, 9 million Legos and pirate ships and every other toy in the universe. So um yeah, so I'm just going to ask her to if she could help me and if we can create a little schedule of three days a week working for a certain period of time at a certain specific time of day to um, to help keep up a little better with the housework. Okay, what does uh, what does Son think about this? Oh, Son's all for it. He's a Navy vet. He's like, get off your Oh, Chair. okay. So, Juliet, yeah. Juliet, can I just ask, why why yeah. don't you have the conversation with son and daughter-in-law together? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because there's stuff that my son as well, he works graveyard and there's a lot of other things. But uh, me being the non-confrontive person that I am and not desiring mm-hmm. to have any conflict, Um, really has to be overridden and create a better environment for all of us. So yeah, getting buy-in from both of them is, um, is my desire because if he, he, he's also aware of it. And if so, if we do this as a team, then he also can help to encourage her to. Yeah, exactly. Use the carrot and not just the stick. And the other thing is as well, when it comes to family, what about the finance? You know, what about contributing to the bills, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Yeah, and these that- are things I think I've, I've had experience of that when I've had, you know, um, relatives come and stay. And I've said, I've been up front right at the outset, how long is it for and what they're going to contribute? Otherwise, it gets it gets messy. Yeah. Well, we did the finance part when they moved in. 
And um, I don't have a house payment, but they pay the majority of the utilities and they contribute to maintenance and upkeep. And when, you know, things break, they pay for a good portion of it most of the time. So that's okay. My son's pretty fair about that. But he knows she's challenged and she freely admits it, but she likes to play video games. So, um, yeah. So. What, what do you mean creating by creating a little structure? What do you mean by challenged? Like she's not mentally there or is she not know. capable? She's a rocket scientist. She, she's really, really smart. Like in she's real just, life, she's a rocket scientist? No, that's my other niece. Um, she's very intelligent. She's somewhat ADD. Um, she fixates on stuff. and um, But she knows she's totally not into housework at all. At all. So, mm. Well, guess what? Uh, I'm not yeah. really into either. But, oh, well. <laughs> Uh, you know, exactly. So like we have an agreement at our house where my wife is a, is a really, really good cook. She's really good, but she doesn't like to cook. So we got to eat not all the time, but you know, a couple of times, but I can't cook a lick. I have no desire. Uh, and it's, it's fine. It's no problem. But also, basically, Jennifer takes care of the cooking, and she takes care of the dishes. Dishwasher, putting them up, the whole deal. Well, I take care of all the laundry for the house, including hers and Max's and mine. And I fold it, put it up, do what I do, all that. So we had, we had an agreement. You know, I said, babe, I said, um, I don't like doing laundry. I said, and I hate doing dishes worse than I hate doing laundry. So I said, I'll take the laundry. No problem. And, but the kitchen's your deal, your deal. You know, I, if, if, and when the dishwasher's empty, I don't have a problem putting anything in there. Uh, no problem. It's just, um, but we came, we came to an agreement with that because, um, Another funny story. <laughs> so we just celebrated today's Thursday. Tuesday, we celebrated our 14th wedding anniversary. Uh, Tuesday. Congratulations. Thank you. We were probably married two weeks back in 08. Uh, we got back from a honeymoon and we uh, we had had a house. I'm, we moved into the house. I moved into the house the week before we got married. She's still live with her mom and dad. Wedding night, she came to our house and then, you know, uh, went on the uh, honeymoon the next day. And then we came back. Well, she comes back. We get back and this is our old house. And she says, babe, I think we're going to have meatloaf for dinner. Mm-hmm. I said, well, okay. Um, I said, all right, whatever. Let bring it, cook it up. It's fine. She goes, well, I know you don't really like meatloaf. I said, no, I really don't. Uh, but she goes, well, you've never had my meatloaf. I said, all true. Cook it up. It might, I might love it. Well, she, she cooked it. And uh, let's just say we had that with uh, mashed potatoes. Let's just say it was three parts mashed potatoes, one little pie, one little part meatloaf. So she, she said, you're not eating as much. I said, ah, oh, my stomach don't feel that great. I said, I had a kind of a big lunch, which was actually true, but I can eat too. So it's no problem. So then a couple of weeks later, she says, babe, I think we're going to make meatloaf again. Now we'd been married probably a month, give or take six weeks at the most. And I said, babe, I said, let's, uh, let's have a little discussion here. I said, I don't care if Bobby Flay comes into this house and makes me a meatloaf. I don't like meatloaf. So we had kind of a kind of an agreement. It's like I said, look, I don't really care. I'll eat it. I said, but I I really don't want to come in here and I don't like surprises to begin with. 
And then all of a sudden, oh, ta-da, we're having meatloaf for dinner. Oh, fantastic. I can't wait. I'm so excited. So we made we made an agreement where I just really don't like meatloaf. You know, uh, now I'm way better than I used to be. I used to only eat land animals. Nothing out of the sea, nothing out of the water. Under any circumstances, I wasn't eating it. However, I have now changed. So, and for the all the shrimp in the Gulf of Mexico, they are lucky that I started eating shrimp late in the game because I'm a big fan of shrimp now. But we had an agreement that could have been an easy uh, like butting heads because she really likes meatloaf. But if she if that was going to be part of the menu where we're going to have that every couple of weeks, that was going to that would be an, uh, that would be expectations of tension for sure. And I think what Graham said is key there, Julia. I think it's, you don't want to, in my opinion, in my opinion, my son's 10. I don't, he he don't have any kids. So, um, but you don't want to come across as the evil mother-in-law. No. Where if he, if he's backing you up too, he can, kind of pat move it along where people's feelings don't get hurt or um you know there's oh she wants me to clean 75 hours a week no i would like you to clean you know six or seven hours a week it's not like we're talking uh scrub top to bottom you know and it's not like i'm not going to help too it's just i've got other stuff to do and you're living here and you're um when son's at school for five or six or eight hours a day, okay, this is not Xbox time for four hours or 10 <laughs> hours. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, you know, if you want to act like a child, we can treat you like a child or I can. I said, I don't really want to. You're a grown adult, but uh, your Xbox or PlayStation or whatever she switch or whatever she plays um, could go away too. If it came down to it, I don't want to, but this isn't you playing Xbox is not the issue. It's just all the kind of the the mess that happens with more people being in the house uh, stresses me out seeing all like you said, what do you call it? A thrift store. You got a a dollar general store in your house. Uh, (laughs) So, okay, so. But I think that would be that's like exactly what we're talking about, though, where your expectations aren't being met because you don't have an agreement it's leading to tension, strife, anxiety. I mean, you said you think about it 16 hours a day. So that's pretty much if you're awake and conscious, you're thinking about it. <laughs> well, I do have to walk through the house. So there it is. Yeah. <laughs> Now, back in the day when I was living with my mom and dad and me and my brother, um, we had our our house went like, here's my bedroom, here's a bathroom, and then his room connected to the bathroom. So we kind of shared a bathroom, but it was really close rooms. Well, we had when we were little, I mean, he's four years younger than me and he's he's tiny and he's he's just like me but he's a much smaller version. I mean, he's probably, I think he's five or six inches shorter than I am. And I've probably got him by, I bet you I got him by 60 pounds. He's just, he's not a very big person. But when we were growing up, my room, we split a room because we were brothers, but his room was our toy room. And we had uh, paths of toys from the closet to the bed, to the dresser, to the bed. and we were okay with it. We knew where everything was. We just had little pathway in between the toys. So uh, that may, hopefully that your house don't look like that, but that's what, that's what we had growing up. Oh, he's got his bedroom with some toys, but there's a lot in the living room too, but they're like mostly in crates and stuff against the wall. So um, yeah, but sometimes they're all over, but that gets managed. So. And I've heard, uh, I heard Zig say on one of his, uh, programs instead of maybe raising positive kids or I, I don't remember which one it was. He said, uh, uh, you know, Hey, little Timmy, 
Um, would you like to pick up your truck and take it to a toy room or would you like to roll it to your toy room? Oh yeah. Like don't give an option to not pick it up. It's like, you're going to pick it up or you can roll it to your room and put it in your room. Yeah. You know? So uh, that's, that's a perfect example of um, we're in agreement, which would be so much more powerful. So thanks for sharing that. Uh, Reggie Graham, any, uh, any thoughts? Yeah. I have a comment for Julia. Hello, everybody. Um, hey, Reggie. Uh, one thing that I was thinking about as you all were talking is uh, in addition to not wanting to come off like the evil stepmother, I think you might want to try to guard against uh the sense that you the two of you are ganging up on her you got to being in agreement is good but hopefully she will not feel like uh you are ganging up on her um and, and anything that you could do to make it clear that that's not the case probably would be advantageous yep. in my opinion yep. yeah when we have done things before i to just say let's have a work day and all of us let's do this one project and everybody kicks in but cool. it it takes direction and i always present it in a positive manner to um, help us all have a better environment so yeah i i avoid being the the wicked evil person and just be a coach um i learned that in another situation being a coach and being uh, pointing out the positives of taking these actions. So, yeah. Thank you, and, Reggie. Uh, you're, you're very welcome. I want to commend you too, because I can tell this is a struggle for you, but you are maintaining your composure and you're still sweet and smiling. So I commend you for that. Cause mm -hmm. I think I, I feel like it's a much bigger struggle than you are allowing to come mm -hmm. out. But uh, and I commend you that you are not allowing it to come out. Maybe like it feels like inside. I think that's pretty it's, cool. Yeah, it's much bigger because I have an acre and a half to take care of as well, and mm. my husband would not be pleased with its current condition because we're not up to keeping up everything like he had. So that standard yeah. is missing. Uh, but. I'm aware of it and I am working on a plan for that as well. So very good. And, and practicing self-compassion, I think is really important. You know, just being kind yeah. to yourself, I think, as well, Julia, you know, because the standards that you have may not be shared. I mean, just a couple of things that I would sort of maybe hint at is is you know the things, you know, that you've been reflecting on and thinking about. I would actually put them on a list all of them, get them all out, not to be shared, yeah. but, but just so that they're on that list. So you know that sometime you're going to raise these issues and also perhaps have a medium, have a, have a channel, say every fortnight, every month, you actually create a sort of a sort of sustainable opportunity whereby these things get discussed. So you can keep, you know, short accounts with each other because these things are going to happen. And, you know, you know, if, if I'm the daughter and I say, well, of course I would help, but I kind of didn't know, you know? Yeah. And so it's this whole thing about, well, you've almost got to take that excuse away by saying, look, well, every month we'll just have a catch up on how we're doing, you know, not, not in a sort of business way, but just, just for them to raise anything that they want to raise and you can raise because it is, it is a bit like sort of flat sharing really. And any yeah. flats I've been, I've been part of, you know, they always work better when, when we keep short accounts and everybody says, well, look, you know, you know, you've never cleaned the bathroom, you know, you know, <laughs> do you mind taking your turn or whatever, you know, and, and instead of allowing things, yeah. I mean, I totally echo what, what Reggie's saying. I think you, you, you demonstrate so much sort of just care and, and sensitivity with the situation. And that's good. And it's and I'm really pleased that this situation has presented itself. You can actually, you know, get get an effective um, solution. Yes, 
Thank you. Well, I know better than to internalize it a lot. I keep having to push it away, but I'm just like, okay, it's time to to start the process of taking progress steps. So, I like that. And also, it may be beneficial if you. Um, her name doesn't matter. Let's say daughter-in-law. It doesn't matter what her name is. Daughter-in-law. I like that you do this, 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 and uh-huh. then put the complaint and then back it up with more reinforcement, positive reinforcement. So you sandwich like positive one or two, three things, negative, and then back it up with a positive. So it's like a sandwich, like an Oreo. Yeah. So that way you don't feel like you're attacking her. Uh, in her character and you know you're a lazy no good bum that just plays video games all day you know um and also before you go and talk to her um i would um i would get by yourself for a minute or so and just really deep deep breathe and that way you go in your calm, relaxed. So you, cause this could easily, it probably won't, but this could easily, you know, kind of go south pretty quickly. Uh, especially if she feels like she's being oh, yeah. attacked. Yeah. No, so I, like to, to back up what Reggie said, I, I would think Julia kinda, will be so sensitive and so caring. I, I genuinely think it'll be like, she'll, she'll want to do it out of just out of care for Julia. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, she is living there, so I mean, she mm-hmm. has she has some benefit. I mean, she has a roof over her head, so um, yeah, I think it, it's uh, you. From what I heard you say, you, it's kind of bothered you for a while, but you're like, okay, I can just get past it. But now it's like, okay, well, now it's becoming more of a problem. So we're going to address this um, and just, and have a a new day going forward. Yeah. Start fresh. Mm -hmm. Yep. So David, I have a question for you also, David. Well, I have a question for you. Do you have like a, a checklist? I didn't cut it. I didn't cut anybody off. Did I? I'm sorry if I did. Nope. Okay. Um, David, do you have, is there, do you have like a, a simple checklist that you might have where we are things that we don't want to forget when we're doing the agreement, like a four point or five point checklist or some type of, maybe not quite formula, but just some, some keys and pointers we want to make sure we don't forget. Uh, no, I could probably come up with something. But it just, I think the key is just remember that clear communication is not uh, hateful or harmful. It's just letting people, so like Julia said the word uh, earlier that she assumed. Well, we all know what happens when you assume, right? Uh, Grant, over in the the UK, that's, that's that, that you've heard that before, right? Where you 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 don't make a mm, out of you and me, okay? So, um, I, what would it look like to you for to make an agreement with someone? What would what would be your best um, two or three tips to make an agreement, Reggie? Well, I would make sure that I put that point about don't assume. Um, look over. Look over, or maybe look over everything. Let me list out everything that you are, or you may be taking for granted, or you're taking as a given. Used we used to when we had geometry proofs. You know there were certain things that were given. Look over the situation, and uh, this is not one of one to five points, but look over the situation and try to pinpoint anything that you might be taking as a given and make sure that you agree that you are actually agreeing on that point. Maybe you can even approach it that way. You 
tell the person I, I, I'm assuming or expecting that things would go such a way. And then they and then you would say, am I assuming correctly or am I correct about that? And uh, maybe that's one way to approach it. If um, but that's one way. That might be the way I approach it. But different people have different ways of approaching things. Personalities come into play and stuff. But I guess I would try to communicate just what you said about, you know, you know really examine things that you're assuming are um, that you're taking for granted um, that you're thinking are givens and you have to say, is that really that you're thinking is common sense? That's another one. Common sense isn't always the same thing to everybody. Um, common sense can have a lot to do with you know, about person's cultural background, um, among, among other things. But yeah. uh, I mean, there are things I would imagine are common sense to Julia because she's a woman that all three of us would miss. Um, I would imagine there's some things like that. And there's some things, I certainly think there's some things that are common sense or taken for granted for Graham that I would, you know, that are completely outside of my scope coming from a completely different background. Sure. Uh, So I guess maybe I'll even work on that. Well, I think it would help too, if you could kind of, I'm not saying you have to have everyone you ever interact with have a dispersonality profile, but you can probably guess pretty quick, like just looking at them. Okay. They're, 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 uh, they don't care about the details. They just want the facts. We, with that person, you might approach that person different. Who's then like an I person, somebody who's like, think like Donald Trump, love him, hate him, whatever. Just think that personality where it's like, let's get all this stuff done. You would, he wouldn't need all the background. You could come out and be more direct with him because of their personality. Same with an I personality, like, you know, someone who's life of the party knows everyone. Well, they want all the story. They don't, if they just tell you the, tell if you tell them the facts, they're not going to be they're, You're not, they're not going to hear it. So I guess it kind of depends on a, the situation and b who you're talking to, you know, you, cause you could, uh, you have a brother or sister. Both. Okay. So you can talk to them different than you can go talk to your mom and dad because they're your brother and your sister, you know, or um, if you have a preacher or minister, uh, you know, you could go talk to them too, but you could also talk to one of your best friends and it's going to be a different conversation. You'd approach it differently because you're trying to get them to hear it where they hear it. Cause you know what you're trying to say, but if they don't hear it, it doesn't matter. Right. You know, and it's, um, yeah, there's not really a, I, I won't, I wouldn't think there's like a, like you do it this way, but like you said, it's also, maybe it's, maybe it's by, maybe you just ask questions and, you know, um, daughter-in-law, brother, whoever person, um, what, what would you, what would you think would be a, a fair plan to having this place cleaned up a little bit, you know, or, um, like feel felt found, like whenever this happens, I feel whatever. And I've found that, uh, feel felt found. Yeah. I've felt this way for a while and I just haven't said anything, but now I feel like I need to say something, not attacking you just so I don't feel like the way I felt whenever this happens. And going forward, I have found that whenever the house is clean, I feel better about things. The house looks better. It's more organized and it doesn't put un, unneeded or undue or unwanted stress on me seeing a messy house. I'm not saying 100% that I don't make a mess too, but I went from having one person in the house to now we have four people in the house and four people can make a mess a whole lot faster than one person can. I mean, my son's 10 and 
geez, if you'd have seen this desk that this computer desk is on 20 minutes for this call, I couldn't even, it's a wooden desk. I couldn't even see the wood. I mean, there was stuff everywhere. And I'm like, good grief. Okay. So I moved all that stuff over. Now I have a relatively clean desk, but um, I, I would, one thing I would avoid, and that's a really great question, uh, Reggie. One thing I would avoid is making sure you don't visit, not physically, um, but make sure they don't feel attacked. Whatever method you need to use, but wherever you say, I felt this way, well, then you can say that with complete confidence because it that doesn't have anything to do with what they think, say, act, react. It's what you feel. Well, nobody can tell you what you don't feel and what you do feel. You know, so I think it would just be. But now, obviously, the time to have this discussion, too, would not be. After you've had a fight with your spouse and you just shoved your shoved your uh, fist through the sheetrock of your house, that wouldn't be the best time either. You know, where it's where it's just calm. Hey, I was thinking about something, you know. Um, and like in Julia's case, uh, she could put it on um, whatever your uh, husband you said pass, whatever his name was, you know, uh, Bill really took pride in this place and he would be rolling over in his grave. If he looked, came back and he looked at this place, it looks like a pigsty, you know, and then you could just put the blame on him. Well, what are they going to do? He ain't, he ain't going to come back and talk to him. So, you know, whatever, but it could be something like where it's just calm and Hey, you know, I was thinking about something, you know, just something very gentle, very gentle where they're not uh, they're not going like this and putting their guards up like from from jump from the first time you said something, because then you're fighting an uphill battle. You know, just give them the kind of, you know, what would you know, maybe ask them what would what would you think? I'm, I'm trying to create an agreement with you. What what do you think would be the best way going forward? And then maybe she comes up with an idea that's better than what Julia's got. I would be hire a maid and I'm like, nah. <laughs> well, but what if they paid for it? Oh, my son would not go for that. Have you asked like him? That. Oh, I, I totally know what he would say. Yeah. Okay. Well, it would be. yeah, but, <laughs> um, let, I'll keep this PG, but, uh, Let's just say your daughter, uh, your daughter-in-law has more influence over to his decisions than you do. <laughs> so if she really wants a maid, trust me, you'll have a maid next week. I promise you. So that was PG. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was PG. We're all adults here, but let's just leave it at that. I mean, trust me, she can pretty much get whatever she wants if she really wants it. And yeah. if she really wants a maid and he's willing to pay for it, he, he, he may not be willing to pay for it, but then all of a sudden he may be will be open to it. So <laughs> I'll just leave that at that. Yeah. 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 Got it. So, <laughs> um, but if she doesn't say the maid issue though, what if she has an idea? Oh, okay. Well, what if I do that? Like, what if you say, you know, from 10 to noon or whatever uh, these days and she's like, can I do one to three instead? No problem. Sure. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, unless there's something that's conflicting with that time, but then it would yeah. be very simple to say, no, that's not going to work because we have this, this, and this at this time. And we can't be doing both. We can't be in two places at the same time. So it needs to be yeah. this window or this window Unless she comes up with a better idea. She goes, what if I, what if her idea is I'll clean on Mondays? Okay, perfect. No problem. You know, cause that would, I mean, a maid's not going to come every day. It's gonna, they're going to come once every week or every two weeks. So, but maybe she has, a, maybe she, maybe she has an idea. Yeah, of course. Cool. I'm open to uh, all suggestions. Yeah, it's all good. 
going back to your question about what I, how would I do the, uh, the checklist? One thing I would say is uh, I would recommend writing, <laughs> writing down the things that you uh, don't want to miss, or you want, or you may, as you're going through the process and identifying things you may be taking for granted or things that you want to make sure um, you don't miss. I would recommend writing them down just because writing down, sometimes when we write something down or speak something out, we hear it sounds different, you know, and we see things that we don't see when we're just thinking about it. So just for that reason, I would encourage, recommend that uh, they write it down, like writing down, similar to writing down our goals. Um, Yeah. Well, it's been said, uh, the shortest pen is better than the longest memory. Mm. Yeah. So, and my memory is really, 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 really good. Uh, It's probably not as good as it was at one point because I've had seven concussions. That's a different story. Um, But my memory is still really, really, really good. Really good. Uh, But you think I remember my whole schedule? No chance. I mean, look at, look at this week alone. Wow. Yeah. Green, green's pressure washing. Blue is uh, something with uh, coaching. And red is here's transformation project and here's power hour tomorrow. So there's no ad member all this stuff because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to run two businesses, not just one. So I, I write, if it doesn't happen, if it didn't go in this right here, more than likely it is not happening because this yeah. thing is always with me. Uh, but that's a great point about writing it down too, because it may be the question of maybe you've got five or six things. Maybe you ask yourself like on the book, the one thing, uh, what's the one thing on this list that would make all the rest of them either not necessary or not important. Yeah, that's good. And it's also like, uh, like Brian Tracy says, and Zig says too, uh, which I'm sure Brian Tracy saw it from Zig because I heard Zig say it first. Um, it's like if you have a, uh, you got to have a meeting with Brian at your job and then you've got to do this. You got to meet with this person, this person. Whichever one's the hardest, knock that one out first. Because if you have your meeting with Brian at two o'clock and then you've got a meeting with Jim and Jill and, uh, Pedro or whoever, all you can think about in all those meetings is your meeting with Brian at two o'clock. So get that one out of the way first and the rest of it's downhill. So maybe when you make the list, it's like, okay, well, if one gets done, three is not three and one are kind of similar where they're, I can just kind of loop them in together where it's not that big a deal. But if five is, fifth one is the most important, then don't start with number one, start with number five. You may maybe put them in a, a, you know, list them out, write them out. I agree with that. But after that, it's like, okay, this is A, this is B, this is C, this is D down here, this is G. And then start with A and don't work on B until A is done. You know, that that's what I would say. And then just kind of go in, at, like you said, uh, I think, I can't remember who said it, uh, Grace grace for yourself and for the person you're speaking to because I think might've been Graham. Whenever you're making an agreement, they may tell you something you don't like either. And you got to be able to accept that too. It's like, Oh, well, okay. Well now let's talk. Let's make a different agreement. Let's make an agreement for this. And we'll talk about that after we let's get this nailed down first. We have an agreement. We're crystal clear. Now let's move to, to the other one. So, okay. So any, uh, words of wisdom to close us out? All right. As Tom says, uh, questions, comments, snide remarks. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Well, uh, this is the first of four. So next next week it's going to be, um, 
Next week it's going to be, let me find my notes. Um, maybe, you know, when you're always looking for something, it always goes away. Um, let me see. Next one's going to be next week. Oh, now, of course, we're still going to have power hour on Friday. So we're still going to have that. Um, the next one is going to be, oh, confusing activity with accomplishment next week. So uh, no, no, uh, if no further questions, Your Honor, thanks for, thanks for seeing y'all. And uh, thanks for being here. And uh, we'll see y'all hopefully Friday. If not, we'll see y'all uh, next Thursday. Hey, sounds good. Thanks, Have a everyone. Have a great day, everybody. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye. David has been a coach basically his entire life. He was made to coach people. He loves seeing people transform their lives through coaching. It's been said that it takes a coach to get you to a place inside yourself that you can't get to by yourself. It's also been said that you're only one conversation away from a completely changed life and that nothing ever happens outside of a conversation. If you'd like to have a conversation with David about where you currently are in life and where you want to go, reach out to him at davidcreel.com.